Welcome to McDonald's. What can I get you today? Hi, she'll have the quarter pounder with cheese, extra mustard, no pickles, and I'll have a 10-piece chicken McNuggets. And, and two sides, sides of ranch, please. The we've done this before meal. Get it at McDonald's when you get two of your faves for just six bucks. Limited time only. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Hello and welcome to another edition of Bald Move Television, where the officially unofficial podcast for literally all of television broadcast worldwide and in intercell speller speller space space. Uh, I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. And I'm Cecily. And after that butchered intro, I should feel compelled to tell you that the purpose of this podcast is to discuss a bunch of Netflix stuff, uh, including the new movie extremely wicked shockingly evil and vile about uh it's it's zach efron as ted bundy mm-hmm. uh knock down the house a new documentary about uh, several um uh, women who were trying to get uh the house of representative uh gigs going this latest election cycle uh we're going to talk briefly about the new animated netflix show from the creators of bojack horseman called tuca and birdie and then Cecily and I are going to put to bed our season two coverage of American Gods. Or will we? Or No will one's we? ever really gone. <laughs> no one's ever really gone. Uh, let's start with the thing that I think is going to be probably dominate people's conversations next week because people are really interested in this stuff, which is extremely <laughs> wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. Why is Netflix going so hard on Ted Bundy right now? Ted Bundy's so hot right now. Ted Why? Bundy was hot in the day. Why? Ted- it's 30 years on from from this horrible guy doing horrible things why are we why do we have this hard on for talking about ted bundy all of a sudden i don't get it it's kind of serial is it serial's fault i think it's like when walgreens opens up a a shop and like uh their uh cvs is contractually obligated to take a uh the space across the street from them okay like you open up a home depot there will be a lowe's within the next 10 months opening beside it um Mm -hmm. fire fest you know gets like three documentaries dropped at once look at Thera, theranos or uh, mm-hmm. whatever the fuck the elizabeth holmes thing I, <laughs> is it this it's just like the time is right and <laughs> i don't know what it, what makes the time right but clearly something about it is right uh yeah this movie was filmed and premiered or the or not films i'm sorry was written and premiered at Cannes in 2017 so okay. i something it tells me that maybe netflix is just trying to scoop itself sometimes yes that like that the, seems like it the dueling fire festival documentaries it's i don't know that was like a hulu netflix yeah that was uh, a, that makes sense right yeah. that's cvs but and like, walgreens it's like walgreens mm. opening up another walgreens across the street from <laughs> right yeah when well, you know it's coming then you can just inundate the market yeah, I'm but, just but one, one of one of them is like a documentary walgreens and the other <laughs> one is like a fictionalized weird i like i ended up not liking this movie at all no because it was off-putting yeah. i thought it was extremely well made i thought a lot of the techniques they use are interesting uh from from an emotional investment point but the everything about that building that emotional investment in this character is fucked yes mm. i can like, agree more they, they did was it just me or were they trying to make me sympathize with ted bundy yes absolutely. like i didn't know who the fuck ted bundy is right. up until the point where oh it turns out no he did actually do all these right. things. right and by not showing any of the horrible evil things that he's doing they're trying to get us to sympathize with him for out, throughout yeah, the entire until the story. very end so I, I read an interview with the director and he I said don't. i'm intentionally trying to create a headspace to where you feel like what it's like to be one of these women that like sure that was the half i liked i have loved this man intimately i've trusted him with my children Mm -hmm. he's been like and then i find like it's it'd be wild like what would you think cecily because this is about the (laughs) we've been together for seven going on eight years Mm -hmm. right 
Like, if you just found out that I got arrested, I was driving to Colorado, and I got arrested for a a murder that then turns into a string of murders, like, that would blow... I mean, how would you even begin to process that? How long would it take you to turn the quarter on that? So that's, uh, that's great, but who's this movie made for? Because I don't need to be put in that headspace. Yeah. I think mm. about, I mean, as a woman, I think about getting murdered all the time. <laughs> Jesus. You know, yeah. because yeah. it's, look at, he was, he killed like 30 some women. He just, some women were walking like blocks from one place to another and he just snatched them and they're gone forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they weren't the victims in this story. And that's why I did not like this. Yeah. But I get understanding in the headspace, but it's like, what does that matter? What do you do? Mm-hmm. Was are you supposed to just be trust distrustful of everyone all of the time, including yeah. your closest, or are you supposed to be learning that Ted Bundy and all serial killers and monsters just look like everyone else? They're not walking around with a leather face mask on. They're just <laughs> like everyone else. They're better looking than everybody else. <laughs> exactly. <apparently. Yeah. laughs> I mean, that's the thing is like this guy is like a fairly attractive and, sure. and charming and engaging person. And that's like, you know, there's not a lot of those types of serial killers that run off the assembly line. Um, but it's yeah, it's it's weird because the putting you in that headspace makes you like there's a couple of times where I'm like, are they wanting me to they're like they feel they feel this escapes as if it's like. Harrison Ford. I'm rooting mm-hmm. for him. Like, yeah, go, and, go, go. Yeah, Jump he's out a wrongfully of accused man, but like, we know he's not. And also, there's yeah. a couple of things that fucked with me that like, there's a lot of things in this movie that point out problems with the criminal justice system that I fully agree with. Mm-hmm. But seeing someone odious like uh, Ted Bundy uh, decry the use of police sketches and eyewitness testimony mm-hmm. and Bite all this, marks and yeah, and all this other like all this other stuff, I'm like, God damn it, you know, but. <laughs> You're not hand, wrong. You're just an asshole. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> right. You're just an asshole. Um, Do we need Ted Bunny to be telling that story, though? Yeah. No, it, it's it's extremely weird. I thought the tone in the Ted Bundy parts of this movie is is completely off base. Uh, the parts that I like are maybe you know the parts that that women might not need to be you know told. Hey, this is a thing. But you know, for a man who doesn't worry every single day about being murdered, uh, as I'm walking to my car. You know, putting putting me in that headspace, I thought was interesting of of Liz, who I think is clearly a sympathetic being, a uh, mm-hmm. sympathetic character in yeah. this movie. It, but just every time they'd switch, so I, I like the the kind of time split thing that they do at the beginning because they show oh he's got this bag of of abduction shit in his car, mm-hmm. right, and he gets Those caught tools. and pulled over. But also at the same time, he's having this this romantic, this nice relationship with this woman and her daughter. Mm-hmm. And I like that part, but every time after that they would jump between Liz and Ted Bundy, they were playing the same sympathy card, mm-hmm. but it doesn't fucking work with Ted Bundy. Yeah. And and I don't know I don't know why the movie was even playing that card. I think it's because like again, I keep on reading this interview with the director is like one of the interesting things about Ted Bundy is that uh he did there's a couple women that he really hurt, like this uh woman that he had a child with, like she and her daughter has gone into hiding. Like it's impossible to find any information about it. They change her name because it's like living victims. Yeah. And then like survived his attack. There's also this newspaper article I read about like the day he got executed. Like there was like literally dozens of women reporting feelings of depression and suicidal (laughs) thoughts because they had this like, you know, he, and he like, if you wrote into him, I guess that he was like totally fine with like, uh, you know, pulling people into his orbit. And they're trying to make it seem like, that like Ted Bundy continues to hurt women beyond the grave, 
But it's so weird because I feel like this type of movie enables that behavior because you cast Zac Efron as a the A plus best looking most charming version of Ted Bundy, mm-hmm. and what's going to stop a whole generation of women from falling in love with him again? Yeah, and like romanticizing this relationship that he had with like you know the conjugal visit woman and Jim. Do you watch many documentaries? Uh, a fair amount. Yeah. Um. Are you familiar with the director of this? He did uh, Brothers Keeper, and he did the the one about the Paradise Lost, about the West Memphis Three. Uh, no, I haven't seen that one. I almost watched it when True Detective was on. Right, okay, right, right. those those are two incredible, like award winning documentaries. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't think that his directing style portray or you know really carried over into like a actual lightly fictionalized like, documentary. Right, like mm-hmm. he's great at capturing what's already there, but I feel like some things were kind of like forced in. Like I feel like you were about to start saying, like comedy. There's some. There's a lot of comedy in here that surprised me. Yeah, what? especially those courtroom sequences where. But but I mean that's that's real. It happens, more or less real. Yeah, right? I mean. Is it, to me, it's it's sort of mind blowing, and it, I wonder if this is like a, a you know which came first uh, sort of situation. But for Ted Bundy to be so charismatic and entertaining in the courtroom, to be the first trial, to be nationally televised, I wonder if those two things happened organically, mm. accidentally, or if that was somehow manufactured. I do think it's um, it's net bad that we televise. Yes. trials honestly i think the way it should be handled is like the prosecutors and police and they don't uh once they have a suspect like the the no one should say anything until the trial's over mm-hmm. i i like that's the thing is like i was fuming that i was agreeing with ted bundy about like this <laughs> perp walk and this reading of the charges and oh are you up the fact that these prosecutors are also up for election and they do they grandstand and like they they play with justice as like, sometimes as campaign advertising. It's really gross and it's corrosive to the ideas of justice and fairness. But it's fucking Ted Bundy, so suck a dick. It's like <laughs> right. I, I, I don't, I, I don't know. Or fuck a corpse in his case. Um, I there, but there's a lot. There's a lot of things that are funny that I don't think they intended it to be. Like some of it, just there's so many things that I, I found unreal. Like the fact that Ted Bunny's this exceptional character with this like really upset, upset, exceptional case. And he did like broke out of prison and custody two different times. And his second and a girlfriend that he had that child with looks like a, a Kate McKinnon character from Saturday night live. Like she doesn't the, look like that in real life. I've, no, I, I'm like saying, I watch it, Ted Bundy tapes, but the and way, it's different. But the way she looks and is portrayed feels like a parody of that type of character. Okay, and then yeah. you've got things like dogs hating Ted Bundy. Like some of this stuff just felt. Yeah. And the other thing is, like, I, I guess that like the marriage proposal happened in a different set of trials, and they and, and it, it's in a weird thing because like this guy's so close to making a documentary. Mm-hmm. I don't know why he swerved and then started to Hollywood it up. Like yeah. I, I don't. And and so it's like, what? Who is this for? If you want to know the facts about Ted Bundy, there's tons of documentaries you can watch on Netflix. Right? Even <laughs> if you want a good primary do- uh, Ted Bundy, that's like you know, kind of like just a highlights with a charming, attractive, good. Because I, I do think that Zac Efron did a lot of interesting things that really informed a lot of like 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 things I I understand to be true about Ted Bundy, and mm-hmm. I, we can talk about that in a minute. But, like, if you just want a primer for Ted Bundy, why would you introduce, like, false information to people have to read, like, some kind of fucking insider article saying the top 15 things that 
uh, extremely wicked got wrong about T- Ted Bundy. Sure, you know, sure. like I I don't know what the market of this movie is for. Right. Yeah. No, I, I appreciated the Ted Bundy tapes a lot more than this. Um, mm-hmm. It's like a mini series on Netflix, and it goes kind of delves into. Um, the reporter who was working with him to get those confessions that they mentioned at the end, those 30-odd 30, yeah. 30 women or whatever, uh, it goes into the whole psychology of, of Ted Bundy as a human being, which is far more interesting to me yes. than some fictionalized thing where I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be sympathizing with this man in this film or if I'm supposed to look at him as extremely vile, evil, all the things they say in the title. Like, none of that lined up for me. So right. have you both seen the Ted Bundy documentary? Uh, the Ted Bundy tapes? No, I haven't. Okay, I want to run this by you, Jim, to see what you think. Because like, I read some articles this morning about Ted Bundy. And one of the things I thought was interesting about his psychological profile is that he actually is extremely smart and clever. Yeah. And he's very good about not leaving any forensic evidence. Mm-hmm. But like uh, as a as and a keeping his story straight, keeping well, his story yeah. straight. But as a but one of the things as as a sociopath is that he had this thing where he thought everyone went through life being invisible. Like no one paid any attention mm. to names, faces. Like no one would like pick anyone out of the crowd because he didn't care to learn those details about anybody. Yeah. So when people would see like I saw this guy conspicuously walking out of this building, acting weird. Ted Bundy was almost like people were cheating. Like. Mm-hmm. No one knows that type of information. It's the cops trying to like, like, <laughs> like the cops were cheating at the game by using eyewitnesses and people inferring things about him. Like he just couldn't conceive that. And it's so weird because like one of the things this documentary points out or this docudrama points out is like Ted Bundy has this like default setting for white guy face and affect, yeah. and he's in this beige shitbox uh, Volkswagen that in different lighting could look like it's cream or white or dark brown or even a. And, like, he had this, like, very chameleon-like, whereas, like, if he was Mm -hmm. angry, he would look like a different person than if he had a pleasant smile on his face. Um, But that, like, that was his weakness, that if he was a little bit better at covering, if he knew how normal people viewed the world and how he presented, he might have been a lot more successful at getting away with it. (laughs) Perhaps, yeah. And and I thought that there was a couple things where Zac Efron, like, when the jury found him guilty, he sold the idea that, like, he wasn't angry. He's just like, well... They mm-hmm. heard me saying the words. Why would they not believe me? Yeah. Like, I, every single evidence that they was introduced, I, I shit on and said it was incompetent. Like, I don't... Um, no, I think the acting in this is really good. Really right. good. Zac Efron is outstanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think everybody, all the way down the line, the, the woman who plays Liz is great. Uh, even Haley Joel Osment, who has a small-ish yeah. part, is really right. good. Yeah. As being a guy that's trying to break this Liz out of her psychological bondage with <laughs> this guy. John Malkovich as the... Oh, my God, so like, good. The best judge ever. Like, Texan Florida Florida judge? I don't yeah. even know how to describe him. He's calling everybody yeah, partner, partner, or maybe and... he's just calling Ted partner, because he's yeah. looks like a... I, I don't uh, know. I don't know what the fuck he's doing, but he's great. He's not overplaying the part. He's exactly what he needs to be. Mm-hmm. The acting is really good. I just don't understand the film itself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, you're right, because it's, it's a great, several great performances in service of something that almost feels borderline gross. Yeah. Right. Like, like if, it needed if, a stronger unifying message. Like, imagine that guy, line. The, the movie about Hitler in the bunker, Downfall, like, he's like the perfect Hitler. But Valkyrie? Imagine, <laughs> no, 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 like, it's called <laughs> oh, the Oh, bunk- down, Downfall. Downfall, I, I think yeah. it is Downfall, yeah. Um, He's like the perfect Hitler, right? Uh-huh. Imagine if that was played and Hitler's in a sympathetic light. Yeah. And I kind of think a That's little bit, like, like, when, like, the bunker scene, like, there is a little bit, but, but you know, like, even more so, it's like, it's like, oh. 
You well, didn't realize Hitler was the bad guy until the end, but you yeah. already knew because you know who the fuck Hitler is. Like, right. <laughs> right. It's 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 a like it's just a weird project, and there's just all kinds of there's just like a weird stuff where. Like, like the one time where like the Ted Bunny's sitting there in his first trial and it's like the court fa- rules in favor of the defendant. Yeah. Standing trial for the murder of Carol. I'm like, that's what? just the court, unfair. Like, that's like the court. <laughs> that's the part of the comedy that was that just doesn't make sense in this yeah. movie. That's input yeah. input somewhere. It's like you, sir, are guilty. Of being innocent. Now get out of here, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. It's so crazy. Or, I mean, isn't the court system set up like that? The way they deliver the verdict is like, the, yes. Here, here is everything just, you're accused of. We're going to save the guilty, not guilty to the very last one or two words. Yes. Yeah, and they, 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 do they to coach, keep you in suspense. Like, it's on fucking television because yeah. it is now. Do they coach, right. coach jurists and, like, uh, the, the foreman to, like, be as dramatic as yeah. possible? Like, hey, I want you to watch a bunch of reality cooking shows and how the judges determine which cook is <laughs> like it's needs, needs to yeah like like whichever it's like and the person who is going home another week on perhaps a different season when they come back for the celebrity if we didn't vote them out it's like get yeah why would you do that with the justice system? well here's another know. antiquated thing which I'm not sure is true or not but do you still have the victim? go into a courtroom to testify and have them point at the person? I don't know. That's the most stupid, dramatic thing that I feel like only happens on television anymore because this woman has already gone behind a two-way mirror. Mm, and pointed him out. Or yeah. one-way mirror and pointed him out. Mm-hmm. So all you could do is go in front of the judge yeah. and say, is the person that you previously identified in this courtroom today, or is it the defendant? Yeah. yeah. That's all I have they, to they do could is ask say... The, the yes, no. Yes, yeah. no. Sure. It seems like it's maybe, probably just for TV or maybe the yeah. courtroom cameras. Or also, it's like I, I do think there's something in the Constitution. But that was before. This was his first kidnapping case. Oh, before the cameras? Yeah. Yeah. But I think there's also something either in the Constitution or very high level federal law that guarantees you a chance to face your accuser. Yep. And I think, like, maybe, like, hey, if you want to send a person away from murder and perhaps death, like, the least you can do is look him in the eye and say, it's you, you son of, you know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking as a woman, if no, he was, it. like, attempted to rape and kill me, I, I wouldn't want to face them and, po- I don't know. I understand. And that's one of those really uncomfortable things. That's the reason why people, sometimes, women yeah. Well, don't I mean, I don't, but I don't know how to solve it because, like, I for sure don't want people to put away with, like, no, like, right. uh, I only, I never saw this person I ever to look him in the eye. I never, like, you know, some th- things should be hard. You know, yeah. Um, I wish there was a way to square, like protect, and I think we can always do better protecting like victims. But at yeah. some point, somebody has to somehow publicly say this is the person that did it, and I take responsibility for that. Let me suggest a radical change to this movie: you eliminate the Ted Bundy POV, and yeah. you just go with Liz, right? Because right. I want to sympathize with her. Right. I want to get into her headspace. I want to stay as far the fuck away from Ted Bundy. Yeah. Uh, in his headspace as possible. We don't need to see him planning his escape with like fucking uh, see her reaction to the TV on music. it. Just right, her exactly. like, oh my god, Ted's out. Oh my, what I I got to stay by the phone because yeah. what if he calls me? Like, you're right. I think have her dealing with how to tell her daughter this and square oh that god, you're I never gonna that, see. Yeah. yeah. Or like, what does it must be like to be his real life daughter? Or to, to go back to oh, trusting man. Haley Joel Osment and dating again after uh-huh. being married uh-huh. to this guy? Yeah, they they or not married. They glimpse those things in this story, but I feel like the focus would have been better. It, the movie would have been better served with the focus on that, mm-hmm. especially since we've already got so many excellent Ted Bundy resources. Like, yeah. if you wanted to tell the story from the woman's point of view, then do that. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, if you want to watch an excellently acted film yeah. that might confuse you as to who you're supposed to root for. <laughs> 
Um, Go watch this. Here one. it is. Oh, but also one more thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. You can't do no touching in prison after Arrested Development did it. <laughs> yep. Right? Every I don't, time I don't remember that. when Carolyn Boone, it was towards the end, yeah, she would yeah, come yeah. in. No touching. And they would hold hands or hug, and the guard would just f- flat delivery. No touching. Yeah. You can't do that they anymore. They were doing that for comedy in this, too. Yeah, you I, to I noticed been. it, yeah. Yeah. You know what you can't do? Hmm. You can't put carpet on your toilet seat cover. No. Like what that is, happened in the seventies? Yeah, like yeah, like uh, I knew about bathroom carpeting, but on the seat, like not oh, yeah. a rug, but yes, like there's. And you could yeah. get a matching like bowl cover for the back of the tank too. Oh, I've seen so, those. I, yeah. Like, Wait, are you about talking about the seat or the seat the, cover? The seat cover. I'm about the seat cover. And that's a little more defensible. The seat. I thought you meant the seat itself. I'm just saying that we 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 <laughs> know about we've known about germ ever. theory since yeah. the end of the 19th century. Like what the yeah. fuck? Like hey, let's get the most porous, fibrous thing <laughs> as close to the fecal bacteria as we possibly can, uh-huh. and never wash it, never throw it away. Mm. Oh god, I've got uh, another thing okay. that I wanted to point out that is a non sequitur, but I found it funny. Uh, this guy who lets Ted Bunny jump out the window. How how do you let a serial murderer escape, especially in that manner? And you know he's just getting like a paid vacation after I mean, this, right? He's getting suspension right. for two months with pay. Mm-hmm. Right. He's going to sit at home, watch episodes of Matlock or whatever the right. fuck was on in the 70s. Sure. And then he's going to come back to work. Yeah. If they hadn't caught Ted, it would have been three weeks. Well, that, well I was right. thinking like a man, because that, that time, I don't think he killed anyone. But imagine if he'd gotten out for a couple months and, and dropped a few more bodies. Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ, Which, that dude. was the thing that really struck me about... They, he was they... on trial for murder at that time, though. The window escape? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. Oh, for sure. But I'm just saying, imagine... But he like, didn't go immediately and start murdering more people. Because but he uh, did. One time he got his... The second he goes time he the... escaped, he definitely killed more women. Yeah. Yeah, that's the shocking thing that... Uh, that was probably shockingly the biggest evil. thing. That was the shockingly evil part. Yes. Right. That stood out to me when I watched the Ted Bundy tapes is that he just went right back to killing. Yeah. Immediately. He, he did not recognize... It, it, I mean, he's kind of a psychopath because I don't, oh, thi- yeah. I don't think he recognizes the trouble he was in. He That idea, that message of I always hold out hope, I will never give up hope, is is something that in most circumstances would be laudable. In this, it was completely delusional and... Yeah made him into a complete psychopath right it's like oj simpson trying to pull the wrongfully kill uh, you know like that it's that that if if the papillon is like this uh inspirational story about a man wrongfully accused he never gives up hope if you actually apply that to a serial killer or a person like it's so fucking gross to have them try to play you know pull that mantle around themselves and to be so assured of that that they yeah. immediately go repeat the actions that landed them in that situation right. when they are on the fucking run having right. escaped prison i heard that like but the thing is is like I, he it, couldn't help himself it does I mean, seem it's, like a it's compulsion impulse, because yeah. like his earlier killings are when he broke in and killed sleeping women and he got more and more sophisticated but when he was on the run i guess he kind of went back to those primitive like smash and grab style and this and is he, done so much better in the ted bunny tape yeah, just watch that it's it just like yeah i read a bunch because like the movie i felt like is a frustratingly surface level and the stuff that's really interesting and is just yeah just like what a fucking he's like a real life um vampire you know uh these these people that use their physical charm and ability and superior strength to overwhelm people and yeah some of the shit that he got up to uh in the ways he's he's like oh well it's like i was trying to like de-escalate myself so i just was going to come and like slap her and then i end up choking her and then well i didn't want to kill another woman so he would revisit and like do neck neck what do they call it necrophilia 
it's just what a fucking mm-hmm. i don't know this true crime stuff fucks me up i that's one of the reasons like uh i do think that like i've always hated on true crime um uh but now i kind of understand why people think it's fascinating i still think i don't like it it's not for me mm-hmm. but like i'm i'm not I'm, I'm no longer going to say like well this is a degenerate form of entertaining yourself like it does seem legitimately interesting and there's enough people that i know and respect that are into it that like uh it's clearly just a wavelength i'm i'm not getting but like yeah i don't what is it like to be so like like to be listening to several hours of true crime a day is that oh man depressing but is it because it seems like the like i like for example dan Harmon. I, i really like him and for the last year as far as i can tell him and his girlfriend just watch true crime listen to true crime podcasts go to sleep listen to true crime and they see it seems like it doesn't do anything unhealthy to them but i don't know huh. it's like i guess like watching like hardcore um like torture type that you know the human centipede like mm-hmm. there's some people to watch that all the time and guess, is there any more weird than anybody else i mean yeah i guess that'd be the same argument as saying playing violent video games could change yeah. you as a person and make you yeah. more violent right uh, listening to true crime podcast for me is for one fascinating it's the human extreme it is that i just can't wrap my mind around yeah um, it's, it's very disturbing to me the fact that there are people that just see other people as sacks of meat like they don't even he recognize never saw humanity. any of those people he killed as people no but he that's the thing but that really Liz trips somehow me is, escaped that Li- yeah like mm-hmm. why did he see her as a person and I think that's one of the other things I start understanding is like, if you're Liz, why you? Why did he pick you? What was spe- like? And is that like, well, how do you reconcile all those weird feelings? I mean, know? I feel like he he used her as a cover, maybe to have that happy family, hmm. uh, pre yeah. pre built in child that he could you yeah. know take just step on in, and he spent a lot of time in Utah going to school. Mm-hmm where she was in seattle and he had all these other girlfriends out there so it was just yeah i feel like she was only ever a cover for him right well i i think he was grasping at something that he really wanted but you know the the psychopathy and his just his impulses uh would not allow him to ever have fully like you know he was uh, while he's dating liz and in this happy seemingly happy relationship he's also out murdering people like I I think like based on what I saw in Ted Bunny tapes, he seemed to have a desire to have this normal relationship with someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, he had other urges pushing him in the more violent direction. But it's, I, you just reminded me that Liz also said that he was he was aggressive towards her and violent with her sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that wasn't any everything anything that was ever shown in the movie either well except for the last one i felt like there was a scene that you're supposed to understand she's reconciling all her memories of Mm -hmm. him being passionate and loving and maybe a little bit rough and like also with all the things she's finding out about him like when he'd grab her throat in like a sexy way but then they it cuts to him like strangling a woman and Mm -hmm. there's a couple that i tell you one scene that like really is amazing at the end is when he was spelling out hacksaw and they actually played the sound of a hacksaw getting like faster and faster and faster like i thought that was like that's a scene from a much better film. But like that is yeah. kind of like that all like like her cascading going through all these memories and trying to like put them in context like that. I yeah, I that's what I'm saying like being with someone for 7 years and then finding out that they're not just killed one <laughs> or two people but 30 plus. Like wow. we may never know how many people he killed. Yeah. Cuz he's a real shit about confessing about stuff up until the day he died. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm also surprised I don't remember more of this. Like he died when I was like 13, 14 kind of paying attention to things like mm. 
Yeah. I'm actually, I remember my mom talking cause like, I guess my aunt was in college, like during the years where he was like really like my youngest, uh, the, her youngest sister was in, in college during the years where he was like really racking up a body count. And I guess it was legit terrifying, mm-hmm. you know, like, like, like a clear, like every couple weeks, a woman would go missing and be found it, all over the country, right? Like different states, yeah, like different nobody st- yeah. felt safe. And, but I'm the, sure. It's all college age women. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's, uh, it, it did seem, um, it'd be, it'd be an unnerving period to, to live through. Um, and something that kind of like, you can see how like a lot of stuff in the seventies, you know, with, uh, that, that happened that made people think that like, Oh my God, there's like uh, the world's going to shit, you know, like the mm-hmm. first time you have like some a televised trial is this one. Yeah. It gives you the wrong impression of people. Okay. Real quick, before we get any further, I want to do some bald move housekeeping. You got less than a week left until the club sale is over. Uh, we did a club sale celebrating Game of Thrones. It's going to end on five seven two thousand nineteen, which is the day that the next uh, Game of Thrones pod drops Tuesday. Currently featuring twenty five percent off all new and renewing memberships. It's the first time we've ever given a discount on a renewing memberships. So if you're a member and you want to lock in those savings, you can extend it up to five years at club.baldmove.com. Again, you've got less than a week left to lock that twenty five percent savings in. Uh, as another part of our Game of Thrones celebration, not only do we have the three Game of Thrones podcasts uh, Sunday for the Instant Talk, the full podcast on Tuesday, the spoiler edition on Friday, we're also doing a Super Serious Film Fest Fantasy Edition. This week's pod or uh, this week's highlight is going to be Dragonheart. Uh, the Sh- Sean Connery's a dragon. Mm-hmm. You heard it here first. We got a full podcast. We got a video companion to the podcast. And if you're a club member, we also have a live watch where you can watch the movie live with us and have some laughs. That's in the Bald Movie feed. Go search for Bald Movies on iTunes or your favorite podcast aggregator. Uh, don't forget, we're, I forgot to mention this on the Game of Thrones podcast, but I'm running a survey until this Tuesday uh, for people to help me pick out a sample chapter of the book to give away. You can go to godsofthrones.com, and there's a brief description of every chapter. You can vote on which one you'd want to see, and we're going to select randomly five uh, people that have submitted that survey to win a signed copy of both books, godsofthrones.com. And finally, uh, Cecily and I are still doing a lot of Mario stuff on twitch.tv slash baldmove. It's a lot of fun. Uh, every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, you can watch all of the archives either on twitch.tv slash baldmove or they're permanently archived on youtube.com slash baldmove. Come and join in the fun. Okay, let's pivot to the next thing, Knock Down the House, which is an actual documentary uh, that features four or maybe five different women running for the U.S. House Shit, of Shit, I only got three. Four. Uh, wait, four? Alexandria, Corey, Paula Jean. And Amy Valela. Uh, there was one other one: though. Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, oh. Paula Jean Swearingen, Cory Bush, and Amy Villela. Those are certain, but the, okay. so they had, we had women, and a lot of them also different from various uh, ethnic and racial minorities, and they're running in uh, the Bronx, they're running in uh, Arizona, they're running in Ferguson and St. Louis. They're um, and they all have different. And there's one in the Appalachian uh, Mountains and coal country, and they all have different grievances, like healthcare versus like the environmental destruction versus. Um, you know, income inequality and like all these people that are attacking and they're, it's all about their primary races against established Democrats who were mm-hmm. essentially like, I, I thought this jo- was it uh, Joe Crowley in New York where it's like, <laughs> it seems shocking that this guy is just kind of like flies in hardly ever gives a shit. Um, mm-hmm. and but unchallenged he's just, for 14 years, he's just sitting there and like the neighborhoods are getting worse and he's not really doing, but he, you know, he, no one ever runs. No one ever got bothers to say like this, you aren't good enough. 
we need somebody else. This is like one of the most liberal places in the United States. It should be represented by someone that is progressive and liberal. And one out of four, one out of five of them actually worked because uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is the only one that actually got elected. But there's this whole mantra that it takes like a hundred of these people mm-hmm. to kind of get through, uh, to get a hundred of the people have to try for one of them to get through. Um, and I, I don't know. Let's, let's, I guess, have a conversation. Um, the one thing that I thought was depressing about this, and I don't know the takeaway is like, that's a great sentiment, but it did a great job of showing how, like, if you run for office as a common person and you fail, you have just set an enormous amount of your own money and your own life on fire to no avail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and at times this documentary almost felt almost made it feel physically endangering to go against these people. Yeah. There were times where I was wondering, okay, which one of these people is going to get murdered right. for coming up on the incumbent, right? Like, yeah. and, and I didn't think that was literally going to happen, but they made that that danger very present mm-hmm. uh, in, in the whole thing. And I felt like that was one of the most successful things that this documentary does, is just show you how easy it is to, to coast. Yeah. Uh, right, in, yeah, because you're, you're not sure what these guys are capable of doing. Yeah. I mean, at one point when Joe Crowley finally shows up for a debate against AOC, I'm not, I'm not going to say this is fact, but there are a number of people who support him of color that clearly seem to be planted in the audience. Hmm. And he comes outside and he's got this group of people who are chanting his name and it makes you think how much of this is authentic because those people weren't at her first town hall uh-huh. he didn't have where uh-huh. he didn't bother showing up but why and would his fans show up to something he's not you know i mean but now that she's a threat he's uh, it didn't it just didn't feel authentic it to does, me yeah. those people out there did not hear him get his ass thoroughly kicked exactly by alexandria uh in in that debate because that's exactly what happened like right. it's a joke come oh god that guy's a her fucking debating joke. against yeah. the surrogate was like high fucking comedy she destroyed him yeah. uh yeah, face-to-face, face, but, like, when he didn't even show up and he, she debated right, a surrogate. Right, that's even yeah. more ridiculous. Yeah. But I, I looked at this this thing overall, this documentary, and I said, okay, how could anyone disagree with the overall sentiment of this thing? Because, mm. the, you know, throw out the word Democrat, these people are running for people mm-hmm. versus an establishment for the sake of establishment. Yeah. And if you're not on board with the idea that the government should be for the people, mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck to tell you. Yeah. And I also thought, like, there's this... I think it is because, like... Because you say these are plants. I think you can't underestimate how many... The, the, like, these these people that pride themselves on being, like, moderates. Like, that... They are committed to that... Their view of moderation and centrism as much as a person is committed to ideals of conservatism or liberalism or uh, progressivism. And, like, the... They, and, and these people... Like, well, this person's more extreme, and this person is on the other end of it. Like, like Alexander is Casio Cortez sounds like a fucking socialist, and the Republican guy sounds like a fucking. So the guy in the middle must be the the correct because, like, that's kind of like we prize this kind of like rational, just moderation, and you know, don't want to pick side. The, the truth is in the middle, and I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that kind of get off on that, and they haven't kept up with like, okay. But is there a moderate position between people dying with no health care and us paying a little bit more to have, make sure everyone has health care? Like, what is the moderate position there? That only a few people die because yeah. of no health care? Like, what? 
What do you, why yeah. would you want that? And also, like, this idea that, like, as a lot of, I think, older people have um, that grew up in a generation where it was easier to make it, they have these impression that these types of people, like, uh, um, that they portrayed in this are, like, lazy and w- entitled whiners. And I thought this did a good job of showing, like, that these, like... The day-to-day cares of, of normal life, if you're in the working poor, is fucking crushing. Like the fact that you're constantly deciding whether you eat or whether you get your health, whether you get your health care, whether you know you stay at this shitty job uh, that or try to find something else and maybe lose your apartment. The fact that like you have these, you have to go to college to get a good job, but you the the, the you, you you might be paying that off for thirty fucking years and only paying interest like there's and like these women are crying over the people that have died and the people that have like lived shorter lives and the people that have been ground up by like drug policy and like they're not they're not whining like no one's whining about having to work hard it's like having to work hard and not even still being able to make it um as it seems like what a lot of these people think it just it seems like it's fundamentally unfair especially since right because they see it as 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 asking for handouts right Right. right. We need help because you're not giving us enough. Right. And yeah, it becomes a work ethic uh, problem. The, yeah. the reality of it is we need help because you're taking too much. Yes. Right. Like that's that's the reality that these people are trying to get at. And I think that the documentary, maybe it's only because I'm concerned about these issues and I occasionally think about them. But the documentary, in my opinion, did a pretty good job of laying out the case for like, look, this back scratching, this uh establishment is really just that like it is so hard to break through this fucking wall that they've put up uh to actually make a change that you need like like you said a hundred people to fall to get Mm -hmm. one through it shouldn't it shouldn't be an establishment versus the people this should be a government for the people right and alexia uh or aoc it's hard to say i thought that was pretty badass yeah alex uh... she calls herself alex she i mean she made this great emotional uh speech at the end where she says where she sits down at uh at congress outside and she that's the one of the places she went with her dad and he said look at this stuff all of this stuff is yours and that's absolutely true and we have to remember that that these people work for us it's not the other way around so yeah. I mean, hopefully this changes the way. Like this, Amy Valela woman lost everything. Talked about how she sold her house and her cars mm-hmm. and everything, yeah. and she's just—I don't know how she's going to survive from here. But uh, there's got to be a way in be- between super packs and and selling your house. There has to be a way for normal people to be able to run, and it's something I've been thinking a lot about. I, that's that quote from AOC about her father, because like I thought like. Oh, he's going to do that stammer thing. He's like, look at here. This is th- you could be here one day, Alexandria. Mm. And she did. And I'm like, because that's like a trite. Like, that's not true. But what is true is, yes, all this shit is ours. This is our government. These are our buildings. These aren't like some, you know, priv- this isn't this doesn't belong to the, the rich, important, wealthy people. This belongs to all of us. That's what we all say. But in practice, that's not what happens. And I thought that's such a better like taking your kid to the Capitol and be like, this is you own this town. Kids is a much better thing than be like, look at the White House. You could be the president one day. Right. Because nobody yeah. like nobody's going to be pre- like like, you know, statistically, it's closer to nobody's going to be president than anyone's going to be president. But we do own it, it, we, mm-hmm. it in a very in a very real legally binding way <laughs> right. we own a, the government a sense of entitlement that you want kids to feel that you yes. want people to feel yes right exactly but i, I just feel like because i've read so much because i've flirted with the idea of like getting involved 
in like 10 years down the line, maybe in local government or something, because it does seem like there is a we have let a particular type of politician in there and they 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 show up at the right fundraisers and they they rub elbows with the right people and they say the right things and they claim credit for legislation that they pass that people like, but they themselves hobbled. And mm. it's because they are boughten and they're they're not beholden to their constituents and their constituents are like companies and normal people do have to get involved. And like, I guess I feel like that call to service, but. How do we get it to where like this doesn't take people like years of people's lives and all of their money and they have to like like the 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 fact that these people have to run every two fucking years and to spend ninety percent of their time calling people begging for money so they can run again? How the fuck can any governance get done? Right. Um. I don't. I don't know. Like, there's so many structural problems with the way we do elections and and the government that I, I I don't know. But I'm glad there are people that are still doing this and, and having success on it because yeah, absolutely one person got through yeah next so, time it'll be two hopefully. I, know, it's, I thought it's um it was inspiring but in a different way than i thought it would be because like i was just kind of like more of like uh we need more normal people in politics and here are their challenges and now that once people are aware of them maybe we can do something about it mm-hmm. the next couple of things i don't think jim has seen um we mm-hmm. got a chance to see tuka and birdie which is a new animated cartoon um, based by, by a lot of the same people that do BoJack Horseman. And this is like Richard Scarry's Busy Town, um, only for adults. Yeah. And Except Busy Town's buildings have tits. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Instead of like the worm what? driving in, a, in a, an apple car, there are people live in a high rise with tits. You've seen Bo- oh, I BoJack, got, I, right? I got to see, see the show. Some it's of it. Really funny. Tit Towers? Oh, I'm in. And the other thing is like, it also teaches like, you know, like when we grew up and we watched, you'd watch like G.I. Joe and He-Man and there'd be like a moral at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When the man at arms uh, got a grease fire in the kitchen, he panicked and caught us. What you really should have done the bag of flour on it the more you know there's a little bit of like this is a cartoon for adults but it's teaching moral lessons like what does it mean when friends get into fights or what does a relationship struggle look like in a realistic way if you don't just like 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 so many comedies make make jokes about people doing the worst most neurotic things and then like excusing it and this is like in a weird way, holding up that behavior and it's like, why do we do this? And maybe the heroes of the story cannot do it. Yeah. That, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, like, well, there's a character with a drinking problem that's working on it. <laughs> right, right. Not actively indulging. It's not a fun character quirk. Or like the fact that, you like, know, you know, they're sober because it's a problem. <laughs> like, like in, in there's just one scene in particular I'm thinking, like, you know, how many times you've seen, like, Full House where there's a real difficult conflict in the family but it's solved at the end and everybody hugs and it's all over. And there's a scene where they, they have that and like the one person says, yeah, but I'm still kind of angry. And the other person's like, well, okay. But, you know, because yeah. fair, yeah. I pissed you off. It's good. <laughs> but that doesn't mean to really, you know, it's like, it's like sometimes I think that we don't do a good job of teaching like morality outside of any kind of like Christian religion, religious framework. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people out there making a lot of money telling adults basic fucking advice like, hey, <laughs> clean your room. If you feel like your life's out of control, get up and clean your room. That's a step. That's like no shit. Right. Because millennials are having to teach themselves to be self-sufficient. Yeah, we're not going to, yeah, we're not going to yeah. church. There's no home ec class. We're not taught yeah, I was civics promised and the con- yeah. a free college education and a right. house when I graduated from high school. Right. Whoa. From my boomer parents. Yeah. Shit, I didn't even get the promises. <laughs> 
I don't know. AOC promised that shit too. She's been in office three months. Where's it at? <laughs> Get bring back Joe Crowley. Um, but I, I thought it was great. There's also some like just really shockingly funny things, like the final disposition of the Gamby, though, and where that like went in a cra- like. So like, there's this pretty well grounded and funny sitcom stuff with these bird people living on a planet where it's like and like like it's just it bird just- people and plant people. There's other animal people, aren't no, there? No, I think it's just birds and plants. Pretty I was sure. paying attention. I, th- this is the only thing I don't like about the show is uh, there aren't rules. There's well, plant people, there's human people, there's animal there's people. There's no human people. I don't think I saw human people. Uh, there's, I, I saw, like, there's a, a lamp person. There's people there, that are just made out of oh, things. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I think that's one of the things is, like, humans become parts of the architecture and gadgets, but they're not actually in the world. Right. It's but confusing. That's kind of Bojack. Like you'll 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 figure it uh, out were, as it goes. There were limitations, though. <laughs> um, but I it, so it it goes ground into like the last five minutes, and it turns into like fucking crazy time with ghost cakes, and uh, it still maintains funny, but it has that like because I'm. It's getting harder and harder for normal comedies like The Office to hold my attention when I can watch BoJack Horseman, where there are no rules and they can be, make a really poignant point about modern day life and then have a joke about humpback whales. And you'll be done in twenty minutes. And that mixture of absurdity and ground, like the same, like like once you watch like Always Sunny, like it's hard to go back to like Friends, you know. And I'm I'm feeling like some of these these really out there animated sh- shows are ruining me, and like the uh, Lady Dynamite are ruining me for like just like standard multicam sitcoms but, right uh, that's neither here nor there i've heard that this series is like overall very positive i don't know if lighthearted is the right word but it, it has wholesome. like a yeah like a wholesome kind of positive vibe to the but whole in thing like, but in, in a way that i would identify wholesome like these characters are having premarital sex they're doing drugs they're doing alcohol but they're being responsible and, and they're being yeah, good healthy about it and yeah and yeah. respectful and yeah like i'm all for like uh, positive forms of hedonism and degeneracy because there's a lot of people selling a whole bunch of like restrictive bullshit out there and it's a lot more fun on the the freewheeling side of the street and you don't have to be assholes like it's not you know like like you don't ha- as more of this call like you know the fact that like used to be if you want to buy marijuana you had to hang around with like you know people the types of people that would sell you marijuana as it becomes legal, like, that's no longer true. You yeah, know? now you can just Venmo your drug dealer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to be sketchy at all. It's a different world out there. Yeah, now there's a selection. And, and then, like, <laughs> t- task rabbit the delivery or something. Right, exactly. You know? yeah, Uber, Uber uh, weeds. Uh-huh. Uber weeds. <laughs> so I want to bitch about Netflix a little bit. Um, every once in a while, you want to watch the credits. Like, in the three seconds yeah. that Netflix showed me the credits, yeah, the window is getting smaller. Like, Reggie Watts showed up, and I'm like, oh, I love Reggie oh, Watts. Yes. Was he a voice? Was and, he in the... Yeah, and it I just paused us. it in circle. <laughs> Pause in circle. So there's still, like, a minute or so left of show. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's no option to just play, except there is an option to play, but that option restarts the episode. Yeah, it repositions your cursor to the next episode. <laughs> yeah. Everything is designed like it's a hair mm-hmm. trigger... And then going back is impossible. You have to start the whole fucking episode over. And I don't know why Netflix doesn't want you watching credits because it took us five fucking minutes to just watch the credits of the show. Because credits will get you to stop watching your show. They want you to continue watching. And nobody wants to watch credits. Just consume, you sons of bitches. We got to the end of something the other day and it said watch trailer for this next thing because there was nothing else for them to send me to. Mm -hmm. So I go over there and I try to... Get, click on watch credits right to the left and everything's suddenly on a hair trigger and it yeah, yeah. sends me into oblivion and now I'm watching mm. uh, 
uh, you know those old. There's trick. only a million Netflix shows, but oh, I can't right, think of right. one right now. And okay. you can't ever find like I tried <laughs> yeah, to find. Ozark. I tried to find the Zac Efron Ted Bundy thing. I had to, yeah, search, to search for it. it. Yeah. What the fuck, man? It, it's yeah. a brand new release, and they don't even put it up on their new releases you, section. I went to Netflix Originals and went through the entire scroll. Well, to be fair, it was never on there. Yeah. <laughs> You've never given Netflix an interest in or showed an interest in true crime before. But, but, I, but that was on your so account. <laughs> that's the oh. most shit blowing thing. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I tried to outfox them. I'm like, oh, you're right. That's like, you know, this isn't the surreal animated comedies Aaron's into. This is the true crime stuff that <laughs> Cecily's into. I log on to your account. Fuck you, Zach Efron. <laughs> um, okay. I want to talk a little bit, just, just long enough to, to, to put this in the bed. For as long as Cecily and I have been covering television shows, it's been a few years. Uh, I, you're probably not aware of this, Jim, but in the sub-community that is the bald move fandom that likes Aaron and Cecily television shows, we've developed, we've, we've, we've come up, uh, we've been bestowed a nickname. We're the Undertakers. We was we come in with a head of steam, really excited to finally mm, cover a, yeah. epi- a season of television that we've loved for many years, and that's the season where the wheels fall off, the dicks are broke, the the the, the things are canceled mid mid season, yep. the showrunners get fired, and we have just we have we... killed show after show after show except for one show that we can't kill no matter what. It's American currently renewed for three story. fucking more seasons. Christ, American Horror Story. Starts in October. We We're so excited to cover this. We can't <laughs> kill it. We can't kill it. It's unkillable. American Gods. Okay. Speaking of unkillable things. Okay. I don't. I. There's. There's a lot of. This, I liked. I was one of the ones that liked the first three episodes this season. I liked like some of the stuff that was the great thing about last season was the backstories of the gods when they do to somewhere in America and they show here's when Odin came to North America for the first time and here's how he got bound up into the weird cultures and stuff of America. This is where an Anazi came. This is where this uh, weird uh, leprechaun character came like this is how they became all these immigrants came for various reasons this land and how these gods got steeped into the blood and 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 the bones of America right and how they became like individual American twists of these mythologies and that stuff still worked like when they went and showed the backstory of like Thor uh, and we got uh, like like the one episode it's all about Mad Sweeney the the Irish guy the the leprechaun type character but the plot of this season was Odin getting his spear back so he could fight this fucking war with the new gods Gungnir the whole season that's the only thing that happened and the second to last season the leprechaun as he's dying takes it to his like like steals it and puts it in his hoard so nobody can get it right so nothing no like war was declared in the first episode mm-hmm. honestly last season last per, episode, like when easter last season, yeah. blighted the whole land it's it's just a fucking mess and i found out that the new showrunner they finally hired is like guy from late season dexter and late season oh, the fuck. walking dead no. oh, fuck. some jobber like People started watching this show because I had bravo performances by people like Gillian Anderson and uh, Ian McShane, and it had great writing by Neil Gaiman, and it had uh, awesome uh, show running and like visual flair by Brian Fuller, the guy mm-hmm. who uh, created Daredevil and a bunch of others, like really top shelf. And then they fired all those people, and this was kind of like the show jogging in place for an entire season, right? Because they're desperately waiting to get Kristen Chenoweth and Gillian uh, right. Anderson back next season. They're not, and so next season <laughs> it just feels like it's going to be ran by a competent but workmanlike showrunner, and who cares? Like I, right. I like. 
as fans, I think everyone wants this thing to succeed, but what reason does it have to succeed? Right, exactly. When most of the most of the characters spent the season ad libbing their own dialogue because there was a writer strike going on too. Oh yeah. my god! <laughs> so, yeah, it was a, it wow. was so rough. Yeah, so it's a. I think we've done it again. Like although this one, this got renewed by stars. So I, I'm definitely going to watch next season just to see, like you know, kind of as a curiosity thing. But like I have zero hope of this being what season one promised to be i think in the time in between i'm gonna read the book too i was thinking the same thing to see like see if i would even find the story itself to be satisfying if they ever get to the end of it because the one thing is like neil gaiman said that like yes this is a rough season but this is actually closer to my vision for the book and how the story should go than the first season even though that was maybe technically better and had a lot more like forethought and intention that like maybe there was just a lot of behind the scene battles and now He's going to be kind of running the show with like an executive producer that's signing the checks and keeping the trains running on time. Maybe, but holy shit, I don't feel super confident about about any of that stuff. Yeah. And I don't know like what death means because like so like one of the last scenes is, you know, dead wife, Laura, carrying the body of the leprechaun. Uh, Yeah. Like is she like so if. I mean, it was like a shocking moment when he died. But if anyone can come back at any time and like all these gods seem to like meet both media and technology came back this season. Easter was all in last season and fucked off this season. Like, right. This plague was completely undone. Yeah. Like there's nothing. I don't feel like there's any continuity that they're married to. And that bothers me. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm excited. I, I, I kind of, I'm going to be looking through my fingers next year, but the uh, season, it's a shame because the season started off really hot. We were very excited about it. It felt like, but you know what? The more I think about it, the more I feel like this show is like it's like it ran out of gas at the last season mm-hmm. and it coasted strong on the momentum, but then they got to this big thing in the middle where they had no idea what to do next. Well, let's just send them on this fetch quest to get Odin Spear that we will undo in the last episode. So like. There's nothing changed except from old ass God that didn't really matter got killed to incite the war in the very first episode of this season and we had eight episodes of no war. Okay. All right. And not only that Oh, we did find out a shadow is probably Odin's kid for sure. Yeah, Which for sure. Which we kinda already knew that. Yeah. So But the but the other thing is the set was or the entire season took place in essentially one house. One two-story house. So it wasn't even that. It didn't even have, have those kinds of cool visuals and places they went. It's so Walking like, Dead season two. Yeah. Where, like, we have no budget. We have no showrunner. Get on a farm. We have one set yeah. from last season. Let's just set it all there and do some do some outdoor stuff in, in and around wherever Georgia suburb we're shooting at. Right. <sighs> it's a bummer. So we maybe undertook another show. Maybe it's brain dead. Maybe it'll, it'll live on on life maybe. support for another season. Maybe. Maybe we'll have a rem- miraculous recovery. Let's hope not. <laughs> Maybe a, a certain gold coin bounces its way and reanimates it, and it's stronger than ever. You know what? Maybe maybe Hitler and Ted Bundy don't need to be sympathized with, ever. <laughs> <laughs> if this show raises from the dead, like, it'll be, I don't know. I was going for some, like, it will be shitting and puking up formaldehyde and... Oh yeah, and maggots all over. I the still floor. think that like this first season, oh, the yeah. first season of American Gods is worth watching if you just like television because uh, it's just such fucking spectacle that you've never seen before. And the but, cast, the cast is the, incredible. They're the dialogue, loving everything they're doing, God. even if they're just. Ian McShane is incredible. I'm so excited for the Deadwood movie. Yeah, 
But that's so that's our Bald Move television podcast. Um, if you would like to send us feedback, you can do so at TV at baldmove.com. We might consider that from time to time. Uh, we will be planning and plotting what we'll be covering next week. Um, Chernobyl. I know one. Yes. Fuck one of the yeah. big ones is going to be Chernobyl. It, it might actually get on its, Monday. It uh-huh. might actually get its own pod, standalone pod. Yeah, we'll see. I'm I'm super excited for that. Jared mm-hmm. Harris has me excited alone. And Plus, then it's a story I've about always been nuclear disaster. I'll, yeah. I'm in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, tune into that sometime next week. Of course, we also got, uh, you know, Game of Thrones. I think we've got a bald movie next week. I can't recall what it is. It's Pokemon. Yeah. Pokemon. We'll see. I like or, it seems like the thing to talk about, but Or Tolkien. Tolkien's the one I want to do, but yeah, like just... I'm not gonna be able to get anybody behind it, so <laughs> I've already got tickets is. for Pokemon because my girlfriend, so Yeah. All right. Yeah. Maybe we can decide. Uh, can we have a five-person podcast? Get Mind Dragon. Get uh, your girlfriend. Oh every, yeah, everybody just do a, a five-person yeah. All of us slam. at the same time talk about the movies we went and saw. Let's just see whatever movie we're going to see. <laughs> a, po- a podcast ma- ma- mosh pit. In in the right stereo channel, you put you guys talking about yes. Pokemon, and I'll have a separate Tolkien podcast in the left. And then it's choose your own adventure. You uh-huh. just get in your car and you switch it to left or right, and you can hurt whichever pot. Yes. Next level. That's, that's a good idea for choose your own adventure. Actually, that's a fucking great idea. I am I've been trying to figure out how to do a choose your own adventure podcast. Nailed Holy it. That's how you shit. do it. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, we yeah, to, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll actually uh, let you murder Bear Grills in ours. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I've already done it. <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. <laughs>